Hey everybody, welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Cast. I'm John Burke, and I'm back again with Big Tuna. How's it going? What's up? What's up? And, How are you? Ah, not too bad. Well, I, you know, I'm still recovering. I've been sick all weekend. Um, I'm just starting to, to begin to feel normal. Uh, it, it's been a tough weekend. I had some kind of weird stomach virus or bug. I'm starting to think it was food poisoning. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure. I, I just know uh, Friday and Saturday were real bad. Sunday, I thought I was going to be okay, and then I got a really bad fever during the Oscars um, where I was, like, actually, like, shaking and was under a blanket kind of thing. Um, wow. Yeah, and I never get like that. So I was, like, I knew something was really off, and then my fever broke right before the Oscars ended, and I, I was dripping sweat. Like, I had, like, a little puddle of sweat by my feet, and I was like, okay, this is not normal either. Um, so I, I luckily took Monday off, and so most of Monday, I'm like, hey, all right, I'm feeling better. Uh, you know, this was a good idea. I can rest, and then I'll come back Tuesday full, fully recovered. And then Monday night at, like, 11, 30, 12, I started feeling a little off. Couldn't fall asleep. Next thing I know, it's 1 o'clock, and I'm, I am not okay. But, uh, wow, that's not good. Yeah, toughed it out. Went to work on Tuesday, but I definitely – Tuesday was a very finicky day. Yeah, I kept, like – I was on edge the whole day, not, not feeling well. Um, but uh, today I, I, I started to feel – I would say something of a normality returning um but that's yeah good. yeah yeah how, how have you been because <laughs> uh i've not I've, been well i've been doing fine still angry over the fact that bohemian rhapsody won best film editing yeah uh, yeah um lots of anger over the oscars there was good. that's the only thing that had me super angry was bohemian rhapsody winning film editing mm. It is, of all the movies, I was like, well, really? Because I remember even sitting in the theater and thinking, man, this editing is choppy. And uh, especially the dialogue sequences. The the, the fundamental yes. editing technique you learn, in, from my experience, from, like, entry-level editing classes is, like, cutting a basic, you know, shot-reverse-shot sequence. There uh, are so many on Twitter, like, so many videos on Twitter and Facebook about, like, people taking the scene from the patio where uh, Aiden Turner is telling them he's going to put them on the television. That scene where people are putting like sound effects in for every cut. And it's <laughs> ridiculous. Like you can't even hear the dialogue. Man. It's crazy. Um, yeah, there's like no reaction shots. Everything is like either weird inserts or like, look who's talking now. Um, yeah, uh, not great, but... Um, we're not going to get into the Oscars tonight, though, because that's not what this month has been about for us. Sean, what have we been doing this uh, last couple of weeks? We have been torturing each other. Actually, we've been uh, recommending movies to each other, some of which had to be good, some of which had to be bad. And then, um, so the first two weeks of the podcast, we did one good, one bad. This week, we will be discussing wild cards. So, And these could have been anything. No limitations, although I think both Sean and I went nice this time around, um, and yes, we, tr- we, we tried to recommend things we thought the other would like, or would maybe would like, um, and uh, we'll be reviewing those briefly here, uh, spoiler-free, and um, at the end of this, uh, the two reviews of the two movies we both watched, we're going to rank the six films we watched in our February Take Six Challenge. So uh, this is the conclusion of this month, that's why it's coming out on the last day of February, um, just in time to meet the uh, requirements of this challenge. And we really went to the wire with this one. We had a few delays. Uh, my illnesses did not help things. Um, so 
we just made it, um, so we almost lost our own challenge. There was no consequence, mind you, but it was close. We were right at the end. Yes, we were. <laughs> well, Sean's going to start us off. Uh, the first movie I recommended for you to watch this time was Pushing Dead. Is that what you're going to start with? Yes. Uh, Pushing Dead, It um, directed by and written by Tom E. Brown, who I believe you had on the podcast. I did, yep. Really cool yes. guy. Yes. Um, and it stars uh, James Roday, who is from Psych, and then Danny Glover, who's from a lot of things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was really good. Um, like, especially for, like, a feature debut, it really surprised me. I kind of loved it. Like, it was really funny. Um, it was not what I was – well, I mean, it was what I was expecting from what you had told me. Mm -hmm. But, like, the fact that it is an AIDS comedy – yeah. Um, as it is pitched, is not anything like anything else that's been done before, and it's it's really interesting story. Yeah, and I loved. Um, I think it's is Robin Weigert is the uh, the co-star. Um, yes. And man, she when I saw it, I was just she blew me away. I there's some scenes with her that had me just cracking up. Um, even like the opening scene is him in the backseat of the car, right? She's like trying to get him to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, I, that scene, like, because I, I had no idea what I was in for either, you know, so I came in, I'm like, oh, what's going on now? Um, yeah, just cracked me up. Um, yeah, that, um, there were a lot of, like, laugh out loud moments, and I was watching this, like, late at night last night, Oh. and, um, <laughs> like, I, I was, like, I was at the point where I really wanted to go to bed, but I just couldn't, because I wanted to keep watching this movie, and so, like, I literally just had to, like, strong arm my way through it the tiredness i'm like i want to finish this movie really really badly and so i i kept watching and i'm really happy i did because i absolutely loved it um i would have hated to break it up in two um there are some things in it that didn't work for me like um both you and i have discussed this in the past we're not huge fans of the whole starting in the middle of the story trope yeah um, which that one did that, that one did and then um, there were some of the more like dreamlike and surreal elements in the film. There are a handful of those that weren't totally necessary for me. Like, um, I feel like the film could have been like a few minutes shorter had it cut that out and it wouldn't really have suffered. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I really liked it as a whole. Yeah. And that is on Prime, uh, listeners. So if you haven't seen Pushing Dead, um, and especially if you're a fan of Psych, if you like James Roday, and he's on a new show now, I can't think of what it is called, but there's something else that he's currently working on. But I'm, I really wasn't a, um, I had not watched Psych before seeing Pushing Dead, and Pushing Dead is the reason I, I've recently, within the last six months, started watching Psych and have become a huge, huge fan of James Roday. But it all started with that movie. So um, if you're a fan of his or not, if you just like funny actors. Um, with a bit of charm, because he does have, uh, I, I find him to be very charming on both Psych and Pushing Dead, so. For some reason, I thought the lead actor was Frank Grillo. Oh. Uh, I don't know, the photo, the still they have on IMDb is like the main still, looks like Frank Grillo. Like and him so with the, the camera, like he's holding like a bag and looking down? Or... Uh, no, it's him and, um, it's him and Danny Glover and oh, okay. Ah, but I was yeah, thinking it, of James Roday's individual one. I'm sorry. Right, no, it just, it looks like Frank Grillo. And so for some reason I thought that James Roday was going to be like a supporting character. But no, he's the lead and he was great. Um, yeah, I'd probably give that movie a not quite gold on nice. your rating scale. 
Well, um, I'm going to start with the first one I watched that you recommended for me this week, which was Disobedience. Um, I, I watched this one on Sunday morning when I was kind of like, I probably wasn't ready to jump into this one when I started watching it because I was still kind of out of it and was just starting to feel a little bit better. Um, yeah, this is one you have to be in the mood to watch. But I'll tell you, it it pulled me in mainly because I thought McAdams and Rachel Weisz were so terrific in Disobedience. Uh, this is the um, Sebastian Lee. Lelio? Lelio. Lelio. Sorry. Uh, I knew I was going to butcher it, but yeah, you know. Um, I also really liked Alessandro Nivola, who plays uh, yes. David. Yes. Okay, yeah. he is brilliant. There were a lot of people last year who were trying to campaign for him to get a Best Supporting Actor nomination, and I was totally on board with that. Um, he was better than, I'd say he's better than four out of the five people who were nominated. Um, wow. Yeah, in my opinion. Like, he should have been in that batch, but he wasn't because that movie was probably released too early. Had it been released in, like, November, it probably would have gotten nominated. Well, um, I've been eyeballing this for a while because it's on Prime, and I'm a big Rachel Vice fan. Um, and I like Rachel McAdams. I used to not because when Mean Girls came out, I was, I was of the mind that it couldn't be good because of what it looked like. Um, it looked like it was, like, a high school teen movie kind of thing. Um, with no no content, but obviously if you've seen Mean Girls, and I have many times since then and have eaten crow on that for sure, um, big fan of Mean Girls and have become a huge fan of Rachel McAdams over the time uh, since then, but um, this movie, uh, it's very heavy for sure, um, but it, it's uh, heartbreaking, heartwarming, um, it deals a lot with you know uh, one's belief versus one's feelings, I guess you would say, um, maybe your instinct or uh that can that conflict that can arise when you believe one thing but you feel something contrary and you're not really sure how to to sit with that how to deal with those two conflicting ideas and it's um it's definitely super powerful uh his other movies from what i can tell are definitely like in that same vein of like the culture clash ah. like that that whole vein um, like uh, a fantastic woman is also brilliant. I almost gave that to you instead of disobedience, and then I gave you disobedience because disobedience was on Prime. Yeah, thank you because it was. Uh, yeah. I have to, I have another movie I have to buy um, for another challenge, but uh, <laughs> I do have a question because he's directing Gloria Bell, which is the new Julianne Moore and um, uh, John, John Turturro. Um, is that a remake of his other film Gloria, or is that just a coincidence? Yes, okay, so yes, he's remaking his own it. film. He is remaking his own film. That's kind of I like when I've I've seen that happen a few times. They did that with uh, Cold what, Pursuit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cold uh, Pursuit, I, same director. Which I ended up enjoying Cold Pursuit, which uh, definitely shocked me. Um, just because I expected it to be like another Taken movie, and it was not that at all. Like, totally was not Taken. Um, for the most part, I mean, there is some Liam Neeson violence, but aside from that, it was a very different story than I feel like the trailer was selling. Um, to a degree, maybe different tone than what the trailer was selling. I don't even know if that's true because they did have some humor <laughs> in the trailer and I thought it was misplaced because I was putting my own idea of what the movie was going to be. And then after seeing Cold Pursuit, sorry, that's not what we're reviewing, but I enjoyed Cold <laughs> Pursuit. Um, but yeah, Disobedience, um, at the same time, I, I definitely liked it. Uh, I don't know fully how I feel about all of it. Like, I'm it, partly being that out of it on Sunday when I watched it. You um, just cut out. Oh, you I just cut. cut out. Really? That's weird. I'm not even for touching. Like 30 
Oh, okay, that's a connection thing, because I definitely still have audio here. So that's a Skype error. Oops. <laughs> no worries, no worries. Um, but, uh, as I, I was saying, though, like, I, I definitely like disobedience, but I don't know how much. Um, like, I don't know if I would want to rewatch it again. Um, it's not particularly, like, it's not dark heavy, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a movie that's... Right super devastating or like oh my god i can't believe that happened but it it is a somber film like you have to really think about what's going on there's a lot of interesting things going in with the culture especially because i i knew nothing one i kept saying hasidic jews when i was talking about this and it's orthodox is what they're uh they i don't think they ever say it in the movie but i I had to do some reading because i wasn't sure yeah no it is orthodox yeah well and hasidic is a more specific version a more strict version of orthodox from what i read i am definitely not an expert on this um, but cause Orthodox, I am not either. yeah, Orthodox follows a very strict set of guidelines. And I think Hasidic takes it a step further. Um, and, uh, it's still like the, the, some of the rules, like the movie doesn't try to over like beat you over the head with all of the explanations of the system. But it, I do find some, like, I had a lot of questions that I would like to have answered, not from the film. Like I don't blame the film for this, but it, it made me start to wonder things that I, I had never maybe thought to wonder before. Um, having not been confronted with the like that religious belief structure, so in that way, I thought it was very enlightening too, because it, it's making me want to do research and read more and ask questions. Um, and I, I, you know, uh, I think anyone who's ever struggled with something they believe, uh, being confronted with a, I don't know if truth is the right word, but it's being confronted with something that conflicts, it is a deeply troubling thing to deal with. And McAdams, I thought, did a terrific job of really like embodying that that struggle. Yeah. What do you think you would give this one on your rating scale? I would say not quite golden, uh, for sure. Um, I, I think it's too good, especially performance-wise, to say decent watch. Um, although I don't know if I was, I definitely wasn't taken aback enough to say must see. Like it wasn't a movie that completely sucked me in, but it was definitely compelling. And there were moments, though, like especially towards the end. Um, where, uh, uh, especially from Dovid, which is the Alessandro, where I was just like, like putting my hand over my mouth and like really proud of some of the things he did. I have, um, in my notes at one point I wrote down, is he a villain? And then like, (laughs) not long later I was like, nope, not a villain. Like (laughs) I was just really, uh, confirmed. Cause I I wasn't sure if that's what, like, obviously I don't mean like a a villain villain listeners because he's not it's not that type of movie but i was i'm like is he supposed to be like my antagonist is he supposed to be the one that i am like upset with and then i was quickly no no i, I he is not and i thought that was interesting that um they made me i i man i guess the more i think on it like the more i'm impressed with the way especially because of how i was feeling that uh Lil, Lilio? Uh, let's go with that um yeah. <laughs> was able to kind of like pull my emotional strings and guide me with the character's emotional journey like i was definitely in sync with what they were going through you know so yeah uh definitely uh, if you're into dramas and or um you know learning about other cultures and uh it's it's a really powerful film with a lot of good performances so yeah i would agree i saw that one in theaters and I've been meaning to revisit it, haven't had the chance, and, like, it's not an urgent revisit, because, like you said, it's kind of, it's not draining, but it's not exactly fun to watch, so. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can see that for sure. All right. Well, that leads uh, to the second movie that you saw 
which I recommended to you in in a world. Um, would you tell us a little bit about it and what you thought? So um, it's a film written, directed, and starring by Lake Bell, um, who I have been a fan of since I watched the um, Wet Hot American Summer TV show, and um, I've been meaning to watch this for a while. It's never been something like I was dying to see. Um, but I've been meaning to watch it because you recommended it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I thought this was going to be depressing. Oh. Like, I was totally prepared for it to be depressed. I think I was confusing it with the Sarah Silverman movie. Oh, I Smile Back is very depressing. <laughs> so I think I, I think that's where the confusion came in. Because, like, I think I thought that one was going to be happy and this one was depressing. But this one's very happy. And actually, I absolutely loved it. I think it... Like, I, I need to watch it again before I confirm this, but I would say top 50 Man. of all time. Um, it's got such a great cast with, like, so many of my favorite comedic actors. Like, um, I, obviously, I like Lake Bell. Um, Kim Marino, uh, Dimitri Martin, who's my favorite stand-up comedian, uh, Rob Codry. Uh, He's always great. Tig, yeah, Tig Notaro, who was um, in Instant Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a bunch and uh, Nick Offerman just so many great names and it's it's hilarious like I could not stop laughing throughout this movie um, it's about the film industry which I loved um, the characters are super sympathetic and the story is very interesting and even though it's like at its core it's a relatively standard underdog movie mm-hmm. it becomes much more than that because it ties in those layers of like family drama and other things that happen. Um, I'm trying not to get into too much specifics, so I'm not spoiling it. But um, overall, I absolutely loved it. I think it's a great film. Yeah, I I, I actually been wanting to rewatch this because I saw it a while back. Now I think I saw it when I first started the uh, BerkReviews.com, and um, I have been I, Lake Bell won me over with uh, what happens in Vegas, and um, I. I I just think the world of her, uh, Man Up with Simon Pegg is a really great rom-com that she's in that I, I also love. And um, when I saw that she was like directing and stuff, I'm like, oh, I got to see her other stuff. And uh, this movie just clicked. And yeah, I, I definitely want to rewatch it. Um, she's you know she's in a lot of stuff. Oh, I forgot. She's in Into the Spider-Verse for like half a second because um, she plays Vanessa Fisk, you know, uh, Kingpin's wife. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, anytime she's in something, I'm usually going to give it a chance because I, I just, I trust her choices and she usually does a good, uh, even if the movie's not great, she's usually really great. Um, like No Escape, for example, the uh, <laughs> the Owen Wilson movie. The, but, the terrible movie. Yeah, but she still does her thing, you know? She's still believable. Um, yeah, uh, and that that's on Hulu right now, right? Uh, yes, it is on Hulu. So if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely watch it because I don't think enough people have seen this movie. Yeah, not uh, I knew about it, but I barely knew about it, and I I really loved that movie. Like it, like I said, it's probably going to join my top fifty of all time. That and that's that's a big feat, you know. That's not something that yeah. just happens. No, it, it's like I've got to watch it again. Like I said, I never add anything to my top one hundred before. Like, officially, before I watch it, I put it on, mm-hmm. like, this list of, like, candidates for my favorite movies that are, like, it's, like, ten movies long now. But um, that's definitely joining that list of, like, movies that are up there. Yeah, I, I've started doing that, too. Um, 
like favorite mo- movies that I see and I'm just blown away by like get a, a like a little nod but to me a movie in my top I have to be one wanting to rewatch it and then I think after rewatching it it still feels the same uh blind spotting is the most recent movie for me to do that where every time I watch it I'm still just as inspired and or awed or in love with the film and have no issue putting it high up on that list um of my top movies because it just clicks with me yeah I totally understand that that's a great movie so um did you say what you would give it oh no uh but it's a must-see yeah i mean i figured i figured it was a must-see if you're saying it's like it might be in my top 50 it's a not quite golden like what really you know but um (laughs) yeah no there's there's no way that would be like yeah all right so sean's uh last pick for me um he picked a comedy that is one of your favorites right it is one of my favorites um it's in my top 100 of all time so it's my cousin Vinny, um, and it's from uh, 1992. Now I I was 10 years old when this movie came out, um, so I didn't see it then. And for some reason, I had written this off as just some really schlocky comedy um, that I had no interest in seeing, like ever. Like I never bothered to try to watch it. It's been on, like you said uh, on our last episode, that it's on TNT or TBS all the time. It, it's on TV all the time yeah and i've and i've had access to that most of my life and i've never bothered to even attempt to watch this movie and i don't know why sometimes movies just get that unfair bias in my brain where i just have like written it off without giving it a chance um and i don't know i don't mean to do it every time like i don't think i actively was like screw this movie it just it happened and i never bothered to no one's ever come to its defense either i guess until you like no one's ever been like oh it's a great movie i've never really heard anybody i know talk about this yeah what happened was I saw it in theaters about a month ago because it is one of my favorite movies. I wasn't going to miss the opportunity to see it in theaters. And I texted you and I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing my cousin Vinny. And you're like, I've never seen that. And I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. And so at that point I knew it was going to be one of your wild cards for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's directed by Jonathan Lynn, who I'm not familiar with as a specific director, um, but stars Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, Ralph Macchio, uh, Mitchell Whit- Whitfield, Fred Gwynn, and Lane Smith, who um, I don't always admit this. Oh, and I got to give props to Bruce McGill, who shows up in a lot of stuff. Really solid uh, character actor. But um, Lane Smith uh, was the father in a Polly Shore movie called Son-in-Law. And I, I grew up a fan of the Polly Shore comedies, guys. That's, that was, you know, I started with Encino Man, went Son-in-Law. And slowly pulled away as the movies got worse because they, they definitely progressively get worse from that point. But um, I'm looking at him. Lane Smith is the uh, the defense attorney. Uh, no, I'm sorry, the prosecutor. And yes. um, I uh, I was like, man, I know him. And then I was like, oh, he's the dad from Son-in-Law. And I got really excited. But, um, okay, if you're not familiar with this movie, Ralph Macchio and his uh, is playing Bill um, and Mitchell is playing Stan. And they get arrested. This happens at the very beginning of the movie. Um, and it's funny because the movie even made me think they were going to get arrested for something stupid, um, which is the, like the movie's selling that they think that's what's going to happen. But what we find out is that there's been a murder at the convenience store they were just at and they are the last quote unquote scene suspects leaving the, uh, the scene of the crime. And we get a, uh, I, I've been thinking about it since I watched it. And I, I think I texted you that like these misunderstanding jokes are getting on my nerves. But then I realized they were the yeah. who's on first bit, essentially, you know, like without it being the who's on first bit. But, you know, like it's a common comedic practice where right. 
I say one thing, you misunderstand it, but think you understand it, so you continue the conversation in another direction. They do that twice in this movie. Both are funny, but both, for some reason, at the time, I was like, oh my god, guys, let's put this together, please. <laughs> um, but I ended up... Uh, I'm watching this movie, and um, one, I've, I've always liked Joe Pesci, but I don't know if I've ever liked Joe Pesci as much as I like him in this movie. And he's great. He's so great in this oh, movie. Um, I, and I was really surprised uh, at how much I was, like, because he's not usually, like, the the protagonist, you know? Like, he's usually, he's either right. a side character, like in Lethal Weapon, uh, Lethal Weapon 2, to be exact, um, or he's the villain um, in, like, Home Alone. Those are the first two movies that I really knew Joe Pesci, just to point out. I have seen Goodfellas. I have seen Casino. Everybody calm down. But even there, he's not usually the lead, right? Um, right. So here in this comedy, and he's the lead, and he's not playing, like, he's not playing a total jerk. Like, there's a really uh, mediocre comedy called The Super that he does in the late 90s oh, that I, I did see. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a jerk there that he gets like a redemption arc in that movie. You know, like he has to learn how to be a better person. That's not what you're getting here either. Um, and that's what I think I really, really liked about it. It was that he was just genuinely a guy trying to make it. Um, he does some things in, in ways that aren't ethical in every situation. But he's also he's trying to to combine his different lives. This he, he is smart. He is a good arguer and he definitely can be a good lawyer but he's from the streets and he's still trying to like work that through and man i ended up really loving this movie um yeah it's it's funny and you know marissa tomei is like yes. one of the most unexpected oscar winners for this movie and she's great at it oh yeah she's like, so good she's wonderful but like nobody expected her to win the oscar that year and she won the oscar and everybody's like what well i mean who would have thought that one comedies don't get a lot of respect uh, straight comedies, at least, don't get a lot of respect. I guess this is a crime comedy, um, but they don't always get Oscar respect uh, the way we would... I think they deserve a little more props. But yeah, for a uh, supporting actress to win an Oscar for a comedy, I think is is yeah. probably pretty rare. And I, um... You also know that this movie is considered to be, like, one of the most accurate legal movies there are. Like, um, it's really respected by, like, lawyers because they say the depiction of the courtroom is very good. Interesting. Um, uh, you, you had mentioned that, and I, I had no, you know, I, I liked how they do, do things in the courtroom. I liked the connection with the judge. I thought he, the judge was really good. Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Um, I thought awesome. he was, uh, I mean, there's just, there's so many little jokes. Uh, the, you know, the, the recurring bits, like him getting a, uh, the rude awakening every morning. Yes. Um, and, and the guy who, who, uh, gypped her out of her bet at the pool hall and like how that keeps I, coming back in i think my favorite joke in the movie is a very small joke um it was uh i think we'll have breakfast oh that, the menu will, yeah the menu that oh my just, god it's so oh, good that killed me that killed me i almost didn't see it either because it's it's so quick it is a throwaway kind of joke where they, they look at the menu, the camera cuts to the menu for a second, and they have breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's literally in my notes. Yes, the second note I made was ordering from yeah. the diner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's all. Because like, yeah. I thought that was – and honestly, I love the bit about grits because uh, we are from technically the South. Florida is kind of an yeah. oddity. We're not truly well, we are in the South. the South part of Florida. Like we are in the quote-unquote like South because yes. Polk County is not – Yes. Not great. 
but it, it's still not uh, it's not technically like when you think of the South. Um, and I grew up with my family being from New York. Um, I was born here, but they were all f- from New York, so we didn't have traditional Southern food in my home. So like I didn't have grits until I was like an adult. Um, I didn't know what grits were, so like I actually kind of connected with that. Even though I grew up here, no one ever made grits in my house, and I, they never looked appealing to me, so I never tried them. Um, but yeah. that whole interaction is funny, and I love. I don't want to spoil anything, but I love how the grits become important to right. the movie because yeah. that's. I was just the writing in this is really solid because things like that. It is. It like, could have been a, a lot of. Yeah. A lot of things that call back. Yes, and they could have just been throwaways, and they're they're not just called back for a joke they're called back for like important plot elements but you're also kind of laughing because you're like i can't believe that's paying off you know like and man i i when it ended i was smiling i was like i i can't believe how much i enjoyed this um so uh excellent and i want to say too i'm a huge fan of the 80s karate kid movies even though i think ralph macchio is mediocre at best in those 80s karate kid movies like there are moments the karate kid movies i do they were like some of your favorites when you were a kid, and that's why and I, I was still shocked. love them. That's still. why I was shocked when you said you hadn't seen this movie, and I knew you would absolutely love it because, but, like, I gotta say, I think this is some of Ralph Macchio's best acting. <laughs> like, yeah. when he he cries in a scene, and I was like in shock. I was like, wow, he's like bringing it. Like, he's really in this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was I was impressed with him too. But yeah, Joe Pesci and Marissa Tomei are just off the charts really great um their relationship dynamic is so awesome and it's what really is crazy too is that he is the lead but it takes him what 15 20 minutes before he's in the movie um and like but man when he shows up it's his movie like it's in um you're with him and and you're rooting for him and yeah i i super surprised i am a little mad at myself because i rented it and now i wish i had just bought it you know it's one of those times where um, I bought I, it at a yard sale a few man. years ago. I hope yeah. I get lucky and find so, it maybe like my thrift store near the house or whatever. But because um, it, it's not cheap to buy, it's like fifteen bucks right now on digital. Um, oh, wow. That's why I rented because I was like, oh, if I don't like it, I'm gonna be really mad. So, but now I'm like, crap, I could have saved five bucks if I well, not save five bucks, but now I've spent you know the four ninety nine to rent right. it, and I'm gonna end up buying it for sure. Not yet, because I'm not going to spend 15 on it. But as soon as I can find it for a good price, I'm going to snag it. Because I, I definitely could see easily rewatching that movie. It's, it's definitely like you throw it on in the background and just do your work kind of thing. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thank so you. you give it- oh, I'm, I'm going to give it a must-see. I think it's great. Um, I, I love a solid comedy. And there aren't – I feel like in today's film, too, we're not getting enough really great comedies. Um, and maybe I'm just – too kind to the ones that I grew I up know. liking. Last year we had a bit of a resurgence of the studio comedy, and I will agree with that. Like, with Blockers and like with Game Blockers, Night for sure. Game Night, those are the two I was gonna cite. Like those two were both really good. Like I mean, I don't think they were my cousin Vinny good, but they were they were still really good movies. Although you know what, Game Night has a closer comparison uh, because it is a crime comedy as well. Yeah, um, true. true. And I, I, I think of the two, I thought Blockers had some uh, more important things to say, but I, I laughed yes. more at Game Night, um, especially because of Jesse Plemons. Like, I he, agree. Yeah, I just was dying. And I'm a, I, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan. Um, so, yeah, uh, but and to be fair, I own Game Night. I have not bought Blockers yet. No offense to Blockers. Um, I own both of them. <laughs> ah, very nice. Um, yeah, actually, I bought 
I bought uh, Game Night for my wife for Christmas because she's a huge Jason Bateman fan. Um, been a fan of his for a long time. So, um, but yeah. So uh, that's our the four uh, wild card movies. Uh, yeah, that's four. Math is hard. Um, but uh, that's been the challenge. We've watched six movies this month uh, that we had never seen before. I think which was good. It worked out that way. We each picked six movies that the other person had not seen. Um, some I wish I'd never seen, and I. <laughs> I think that's so, what we're going to do, right? Yeah, right. So I, um, what's your sixth place movie? What was the worst movie you watched this month? The worst movie that you made me watch uh, is Norm of the North, colon, Keys to the Kingdom, the sequel, the straight-to-DVD sequel from uh, the, what, two years ago, Norm of the North? Yes, I think so. I think that it was, was three worst. now. I think it was 2016. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. It's still awful. <laughs> Yeah, my sixth place film was uh, Doggy Dog, which was a Paul Schrader film. Uh, it was directed by Paul Schrader. It starred Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. It was bad, but it was laughably bad at parts. So I did not totally resent having to watch it. Yeah, Norman North was laughable bad, but it was more like laughing of hysteria because I was going slightly crazy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would not. I would not rewatch Norm of the North either. So any version of it, I don't care which version. <laughs> um, uh, so what's your fifth place fifth place uh was suspiria 2018 suspiria um and uh i didn't hate that movie like you hated suspiria i didn't hate it um but i also didn't love it and it was way too long it could have easily been uh, i would have at least liked a half an hour shorter um and I, it did make me appreciate the first one a little more which is saying something because i didn't really like the first one but it made me kind of like okay there's something to speak about the subtlety of the story in the first one compared to the beat you over the head with it that happens in the new movie. Aren't you glad I convinced you not to go see this in theaters? Uh, only because I would have had to drive really far. You were ready to drive an hour. Yeah. Like, you were ready to drive an hour for that movie, and I'm like, don't do it. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wish I saw the, the, the best scene in the movie, the uh, dance murder, if yeah. you will. I would have liked to have seen that on a big screen, but otherwise... Um, yeah, I, it wouldn't have been worth the hour drive. I would have been pretty frustrated with that. And technically, two-hour drive, because there and back. Um, unless I just decided to live there as a result of my anger. <laughs> um, just like, I'm not going anywhere until you get me a better movie. Um, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What's five? My fifth-place movie was a movie that you gave to me as a good movie that I ended up not liking very much. It's yeah. The Apartment. Um, Billy Wilder, who I usually enjoy... Uh, it won Best Picture. It just did not work for me. Um, it's possible that it was the mood I was in. Like, I just wasn't in the mood for that movie. It just didn't work for me. I didn't connect with the characters. I didn't connect with the story. kind of annoyed me. Uh, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't a fan. Yeah, and that, I believe I had that on my top five romantic comedies that we just did uh, in honor of Isn't It Romantic coming out on Valentine's Day. Um, because I really love The Apartment, which is why I recommended it, and I do want that to be noted. I recommended it as a good movie for you. Unfortunately, it backfired. Yes. Not all of them are going to be winners. Nope. Unfortunately. Well, my number four um, went with all these small moments, um, and that's not really a shot at the movie, because we got to keep in mind, we watched six movies. They all can't be first, so eventually it's going to be lower on the list. I, I think all these small moments is a little better than it looks on my list, but um, uh, I enjoyed it. And um, I definitely think it's worth a watch if you're into coming-of-age stories. Didn't wow me, and I would have liked a little something more, but I was impressed with the lead male actors, uh, the two brothers. Yes. Um, so that was probably was my favorite part. 
Yeah, that was those, what I was hoping we could find. I'm definitely gonna be looking out to see what else they do in the future, because um, I I liked it. So uh, my number four was Team Wolf Two, which uh, you gave to me as a negative movie, but I ended up kind of loving it. Um, like it was like not quite golden because there are a lot of issues. I get why it's not a well received movie, but I had a lot of fun with it. Like it's not realistic at all in its depiction of college or werewolf transformations but it's fun and that's what matters and hey jason bateman and hey jason bateman so all right my number three um this was the harder one to me three and two was hard um i ended up putting disobedience at number three um it's really powerful uh but at the same time I think my number two is, is a little more moving, and that's why I ended up moving it up. Plus, I think Disobedience is fairly straightforward with its with its uh, story, like with its film elements. Not in a negative way. It's just um, the second place movie does some really innovative stuff with their with their right. uh, stuff. So that's why I think it got bumped up. But so Disobedience yeah. really great. We just talked about that one, so I won't go into any more detail. But go ahead. Uh, my number three was Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, really good movie. Uh, I didn't like it quite as much as my top two, but I did like it a lot. Yeah, I want to rewatch that one. I've been meaning to do so uh, for a while. Um, my number two is We the Animals, and uh, the th- I, I got uh, one of my students to watch it after I saw it, and um, she also really loved it, and we both loved the same thing. It was we loved the animation in the movie yes. that's integrated. So um, good. That's I think as much as the story is really powerful, and there's the, the the performances are good. Um, some great. Um, but man, the thing that I keep thinking back on in the movie is how they use the the animation with it. Um, I just really liked how it. It not only was it cool to look at, but it's also very powerful in the storytelling of the character. And I I definitely latched onto that the most. Um, I'm still the most baffling thing about We the Animals to me is that the uh, an important character being completely left off the IMDb page. So. I don't know what's up yeah. with that. It's so rare t- for me to find like an error with IMDb, but the fact that a character who has major implications with the plot and is in the movie quite a bit completely not listed as a cast member. So I, I don't unless there's some kind of legal dispute or something with uh, maybe he wasn't a SAG actor or something. I have no idea, but it's weird that he because it's not like you could miss him. You know, like if you saw the movie, he's there. But um, yeah, a really solid film, and it is on Netflix. So if you haven't seen We the Animals. Uh, and you like an indie movie, um, uh, especially a coming-of-age self-discovery movie, um, definitely worth watching on Netflix. We the Animals. So, uh, n- my, number two. My second-place movie was Pushing Dead uh, that we discussed earlier. Nice. Uh, thought it was a really great movie, solidly made, uh, really funny, and really powerful. Um, it's on Prime. I definitely recommend you check it out if you haven't seen it already. Yeah, I think that movie, um, one, if you get a chance, listener, go back and listen to the interview with Tommy Brown, um, and he is, not only is he a really nice guy, but <clears throat> he's lived a really great life, and um, he's got some stories to tell, and one of them was he got to be a part of the Sundance Institute, um, and that's where he developed the script for Pushing Dead, and that's uh, why I think it's so just spot on and, and great. Um, he had uh, just really cool experience um if you're not familiar with what the sundance institute sundance institute is you should look into it because it's pretty awesome but um 
yeah, really, really, really cool um, experience. And that movie has uh, left a mark on me, and I've been meaning to get back to it. And I really want to um, rewatch it here soon. So I'm glad you liked it so much. Um, and it's it's pretty funny that I think the last movies that we watched uh, for this are our favorites equally. Um, I watched My Cousin Vinny last, and My Cousin Vinny is my number one. Uh, I am I'm still kind of blown away. Because it's yeah. a movie I've always known about. Like, I've always known about this movie. It's not like some something I never heard of. I mean, I've known about it for, what, 26, 27 years now it's been out? And never bothered. And now I'm like, man, how did I not watch this movie so, so long ago? It's so funny. Um, and, again, one of my favorite Joe Pesci performances. And, again, I like Joe Pesci. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I've never liked him, but this movie, it worked. I usually like him. I think he's a great villain in Home Alone. I have a blast with him in that movie. Um, I mean, some of the most memorable scenes are from are in Goodfellas are Joe Pesci's, right? Yeah, and yet definitely. here he shows up, and I'm just like, man, this is like a different guy. And yeah, I do. I always forget how short he is too. Even though like he's often the shortest guy in the room in the movies that he's in. In My Cousin Vinny, it really is noticeable to me. Um, That's part of the joke, though. I it think, is. Is they're, they're trying to emphasize that for sure. But and I guess it worked because I definitely was like, man, I know he's short, but man, he's like very noticeably short in this. Um, and yeah, definitely it works with the character because he's he's a literal underdog. No one expects greatness from him, and he's just gonna figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. And then uh, my number one was In a World, um, which should have been predictable based on the earlier part of this episode. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Really connected with the story. Uh, thought the cast was brilliant and i don't know i just i can't believe that this movie came out in 2013 and lake bell hasn't like gotten like a big budget movie yet because like i think this one is so good that like she should have made another like huge movie i think she made another um indie comedy but it was also an indie comedy like i think like she would do really well in the mainstream comedy world and we would get more great comedy movies I agree, and I, I just think Lake Bell is in general under not appreciated enough, and um, I hope that more people get on board with what she's doing, because she does have some amazing comedy. She does a lot of TV stuff, too. I don't know about directing, but um, as far as, like, she's on, uh, she was on Children's Hospital on Cartoon Network, I think. Um, and... Well, I'm pretty sure she made a movie called I Do Until I Don't. Yes, I've not seen that. I haven't seen it either, but I know. But that's also an indie comedy, like it is, and it stars Ed Helms, and that's not a good sign, in my opinion. But I would like her to make like something like Blockers. <laughs> yeah, I I would I'd be in for sure. Um, man, I don't know if I can get past Ed Helms. Is like it looks like he's the co lead, and I just I just don't see him as a co lead. Yeah, you're you're not a fan of him. Not not often. I don't mind him in certain roles. Um, in fact, I was one of the few people who like. I liked him when he when he took over on the office when like Carell left. I was like rooting for him. Um, although in my second rewatching of the office recently, I, I was not as big a fan um, of his time in that role. But uh, I still like Andy on the office. I just, and I I like him in moments in The Hangover. But um, a lot of his lead stuff, I've not been impressed by. Um, and I, I can I, understand that. Yeah. So. I don't know, but um, I'm a, a big fan of her, so I'll still give that movie a watch at some point. But, um, yeah, I would love to see her get a bigger opportunity. Um, so last year, I feel like when the Take 5 Challenge was over, I was more frustrated than I was happy, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It's been a while. It's been a year. Um, 
But uh, I'd say this one, with the exception of Norm of the North, um, I generally was content with everything I watched. Um, so I guess thank you for not trying to torture yeah. me. You're welcome. Other than Norm of the North, that was yeah, that was just revenge. It was like, a little bit of was... payback. Um, and I I tried not to do that to you because I did I. I haven't seen Teen Wolf 2 since I was younger, but I didn't hate it when I was a kid because I liked I loved it. the Teen Wolf. And I, I went with it as a bad movie, quote-unquote, because of the, the critic ratings. Um, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool that you liked it. And then uh, Dog Eat Dog, I'd never saw, and I was just right. so intrigued by right. it. I couldn't... You were just trying to test the waters, and yeah. the waters are not fine. Yes. <laughs> Don't go into the water. So, Don't go into the water. Um, but uh, the other films, uh, I am generally a fan of, and so I'm glad, especially within the, in in the yeah in a world um, that you you found such a uh, a perfect movie for you. And I yeah. I need to rewatch it because one I I forgot Dimitri Martin was in it, and I'm like, man, this I saw this before Dean, and Dean really made me love him so much more. Like I liked him, but Dean yeah. made me love him. I had like listened to his stand up before I saw Dean, and then Dean was what like cemented him as my favorite comedian. Yeah, so I, I want to rewatch this now um, with that new found appreciation for him, because I also watched he did the uh, his last Netflix special. Um, I can't think of what it's called. Something where he like he edited it really weird for a comedy special because like he has oh voiceover. the overthinker. Yeah. Yes. That overthinker. one was so good. That one was so good. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um. And so I really want to rewatch this now just because of that. Like, as much as I like Lake Bell, but I've become a bigger Dimitri Martin fan, so I want to rewatch it and see how, uh, you know, what maybe I didn't get into the first time around or what I might have missed or something like that. But, yeah. um, all right. Well, that's our episode, I think. Uh, that's our month. This is over. This Take Six Challenge is complete. We both succeeded. Um, we've had ups and downs, but overall, we're happy. So in the meantime, Sean, until we maybe do this again next year, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yes. Next year I will return with worse movies. More bad movies. But um, in the meantime, where can people find you on the internets? Uh, people can find me. Um, I write for Popaxium, P-O-P-A-X-I-O-M. Uh, you can find the website at popaxium.com or on Twitter or Instagram as at popaxium. And then you can follow me personally um, on Twitter or Instagram as at Big Tuna on Film. And I am John Burke at BurkeReviews.com. You can follow me on all the social media at Burke Reviews. If you like any of the podcasts that we do, we ask that you rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, let people know what you think of the podcast. It helps us get new listeners. Um, what have we missed? What have we not seen? You should hit us up on those social media sites and tell us what we should be watching because there's always those those gems and that's what this challenge the reason why i'm glad we did it was because we both found a gem something that maybe we would have never have finally given the time of day if not for something like this to give us that spark of motivation to finally watch this film um so listeners you probably got a few of those i'd love to hear them hit us up uh and until we come back keep watching movies Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, then check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts. Covering the entire movie verse, there's something for everyone. So come check it out. 
More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers. <laughs>